G'day boys, welcome to the Cajun Tex. Ooh, it's warming up mate, I've missed you after a couple of weeks off Tex. A little bit of leave for me, uh, as per the contract, but it's good to be back in the den. With unapproved, was it? It was unapproved, Shane. Who signed the contract? Uh, I haven't got one. No, mm. oh, well, I made sure I negotiated I, one I, for this I'm year. I'm one of the names in the uh, in the name of the podcast. Well, you've got a you've got a contract. I got um, adventurous venturous to do mine, so <laughs> I can always get my lawyer to do yours too. How are you, Shane? I'm great, mate. I can't wait for today's podcast. Well, apart well, from lots to um, talk about all of that, mate. What uh, what was the specific nature of your your leave? I know, I know all of us had a bit of a long weekend with Easter. Um, but um, my understanding is it was furthering the political and board career, mate. Your extracurricular activities um, taking precedence over the podcast. Just serving the community, mate. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and those Catholic schools thriving as a result. Well, there's a bit going on in the single sex all girls education in the Catholic sector. But <laughs> end of a financial year at work and a little bit of time off. So, but here well, we are. Well deserved, mate. But um, bloody, how hot was it for footy over the last two weeks? I, I don't know if you blokes have actually got along to a few of the games. Uh, but no. Richmond played their first two day games for God knows how long. Since the, actually, it was since the grand final was the last, in 2019 was the last time they played a day game. So really? every game, yeah, someone else mentioned it. You've done um, your research, haven't you? On that one I have, Shane, yes. 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 Um, but oh, 33 degrees on Saturday. Um, I'll tell you what, mate, there was a few sweaty cracks at the MCG, that's for sure, and they weren't in the pitch. Do you reckon it got to the older players at Richmond? Hey? Do you reckon the heat got to them? Define old, Shane. Uh, 28 and above. Um, we've got about four of those, so they might have struggled, yeah. yeah. Four? Yeah, 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 yeah. Four important players? Uh, it's a, it's Pretty a important. A bit yeah. early to tee off on anything, but speaking of the heat, why on earth you'd have the roof closed at Marble on a Thursday night? It was 63 degrees in the sauna there at Marble. Yeah. It was... Singaporean, I heard someone say. It was horrible. Well, that that does not make sense on a of the evening. The day games when the sun's actually shining, it's it's rubbish at at, at, um, at Marvel because the shadows it's created as well. Well, also the glare, mate. If you if you're in a bad, I mean, to be honest, at the MCG the week before, I was in the AFL uh, member section, and if you're on that uh, top deck, and I was on the literally the front row of the top deck. And, the sun, and I've forgotten to bring the sun, he's in the cap, and then, mate, I'll tell you what, um, it looked like he spent the day at the beach without any sunscreen. Well, tough on the players. Oh, absolutely. MCG is a shocker in the sun. Like, those boys could not see on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. There's no way. When you're looking in towards the city, it's horrible. Yeah. I'm not sure what marble, is that is the same direction? Well, they've been critical of the orientation of Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which, sure. which is. I don't this. know if it was the locket end or the Coventry end where the sun's screwed, but it was just a shit house, whichever, yeah. wherever you sit there. And, and here's an idea as we're coming out of COVID, why don't we shut the roof and lock everyone inside? Like you would have thought night game, Thursday night, good weather, coming out of COVID, open the bloody roof. That's what mm. it's there Selective for. Selective policies around um, COVID, mate, mm. and the old social distancing and what have you. More on that later. Really? Okay, fair enough. Might have missed, mate. Might have been a bit of wind. Now, um, I'll tell you what, it doesn't take long for a Richmond, Richmond loss to get a few of the punters up and about, mate. Those tweeters went off and dumb and dumber were at the front of the list, and I'll talk about them at the, um, at the back end of the show when we, when we talk about our tweeters of the week. But what about one tweeter who's um, taken the theme song <laughs> to a whole new level? So a bit of work to be done there before we reveal, reveal all of that. But I'll tell you what, Mr Beanbag... Um, three votes straight. Three votes straight off. Three, two, and one for Mr. Beanbag. Absolutely sensational. It was unbelievable. 
Hey, um, we're going to uh, recap the weekly news. Is, is it now that I should talk about No, 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 we'll do that. Um, um, now, the coach refused his homework. Um, didn't refuse. To, I, was, I had commitments. I to to watch all of the episode, which he didn't do for the previous week, the, the documentary. So, good effort on that one, Shane. Uh, hello. The stinky well, yellow. Is, the eyes come out early. <laughs> it has, it has. Anyway... We have got a little smidgen of a topic in Coach's Corner. steamy, mate. It's going to get steamy in here in a minute. Oh, oh mate, but Turtle TV's take, it's a Turtle TV takeover <laughs> in this week's episode um, or mate, podcast. And, should, and we text. Should, we should record this on Turtle TV while we're doing the podcast. There's an Possibly, idea. mate. I yes. reckon we do it. Um, but the highlight, backed by popular demand, is the tirade, uh, which will happen as well. So looking forward to a good episode, boys. Now, it's been a big couple of weeks uh, in terms of, well, what rounds two and three have passed, so yes. a bit been happening, so almost enough to, to start to set some trends, but uh, I must say I'm quite fascinated by the hoopla about the standard of the game, so every media uh, person is jumping on board with how great the standard of the game is. Are you guys excited about the standard of the games that are being played at the moment? What, what are your general thoughts? Oh, from what I've seen, I think uh, there's certainly some improvement, but I think the rule changes uh, have had an impact on that. I, I notice there's a lot of short kicks, a lot more than, than normal, than what we've seen over the last years. Um, so I think that's uh, it's probably contributing to the standard. However, some clubs are actually, uh, let's say, having two or three short kicks and then actually linking up and going long very quickly and getting over the back of the zone. Um, and if you've noticed... Forward of, of the middle, um, if the player if, this, if the player is actually stopped, there's a lot of players movement in out, a lot of tick leads, that sort of stuff, creating space because everyone from a defensive point of view are shitting themselves. I need to be on my man because they're going to get hit with this short target, and they're creating clubs are very clever at creating some space and hitting up targets, which you would have noticed with the Richmond Swans game. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember the player's name, number 36, I think. They hit him up about three times with about 40 minutes out. Young kid. Wicks. But Wicks? I don't think it's 36, uh, but... Um... Anyway, so they're, they're, actually, they're actually quite clever. Quite... You go here, you get a look. Um, so clubs are getting quite clever in, in movement of players and creating space in that situation. So certainly some free-flowing situations. And but do you like it? As a supporter, or and particularly in games that your team's not involved in, do you like what you're seeing as a spectacle? Like, uh, are you finding it more attractive to watch? I, I, mean, I still think there's a mixture. I think last year we, we saw some really good games. Um, we saw some what I'd probably call Dow games, where it's just pressure, low scoring. Like, some games were like 40 odd points, but we've had some games this week with 60 points. And so, yes, yesterday's game, go on your text. Yesterday's game with Hawthorne Geelong, great game, it was intense. Um, you know, Hawthorne came back, but it was only five-point margin. What was it, 68 to 63 or something like that? So low scoring, but heap of short passes. No one wanted to sort of give the ball up. They were going backwards, sideways. It was sort of like a bit of a drag for a while. But we've seen that over the years with, with plenty of clubs. But I think there's more of a shift towards more exciting games than non-exciting games. Is so that how you I'm, feel, though? That's the question. It's a shift, yeah. yeah I'm okay. not saying every game's a great game to watch. I think we've still got some horrible games. Um, and unfortunately, there's some teams not playing very well and won't play well all year, like the North Melbourne. GWS potentially going to be like that. St Kilda, big question marks on St Kilda. They're, they're appalling. I love it. I, I, um, when you see games where the match totals kind of 160 to 200 points, where you see 10 or, see a side kick 10 or 12 goals, 
in a half, which we saw a couple of times. I, I reckon it's fantastic. The quick ball movement, um, lots of goals scored. I think the game's in far better shape as a spectacle than it was two years ago. So take out the COVID year with the, what do you call it, the truncated season and the shorter games. I reckon it's great to watch. I'm mm. happy to sit down and watch anyone play anyone at the moment. Okay. You're not? I'm not, I'm not convinced. Uh, I actually like pressure. I like the one-on-one contests. So they're talking about how defence, and it's still early, right? Um, Defences, well, uh, players who are playing in defence, particularly in zone defence type setups, um, uh, some of the guys who don't know how to play man or man are going to find find that out the hard way. Uh, I'm not seeing a whole heap of um, one-on-one contests. So example, use the Sydney... Richmond game. Sydney play cut us up, and they cut through our zone like I haven't seen anyone cut through Richmond zone uh, in a number of years. But um, it was short kicks, just short chippy little kicks. Um, so there was there weren't really a whole heap of high marks. Just some really nice goals, um, like around the corner type goals. But I thought the games that were really good over the weekend were the contests. So Brisbane Collingwood wasn't high scoring. I think it was seventy three to seventy two or something like yeah, that. It was. I thought one one of the better games was actually Adelaide and Gold Coast. I don't know if any of you saw that on Good Friday in the yes. evening. That was a really good game, and it was a bit higher scoring. Mm. So it wasn't like a, a 50 to 40 game, but it was contested. Yeah. Um, it, it was, was undecided. 98, 85, it wasn't quite that high, Shane, but not far off. Yeah, it was um, in, the, in the Adelaide game. Yeah. But, but I, love, I, I disagree. I reckon I, I do see contests. I see the midfielders gut bust running each other, quick ball movement, and then you see a kick to one-on-ones in the forward line where the backmen are under immense pressure. takes me back to when I'd watch you play, Shane, Ablett, Lockett, where the ball's quick to the forward. If they're not on a lead, you're seeing one-on-one. You've got, the backman's got to beat his opponent. And I think you're going to see 100 goals kicked this year for sure, probably by multiple players, because there's that many goals being scored. I'll tell you what, mate, I'll have, a, I'll have a bet on that. There's no way anyone kicks 100 goals this season. So will you give me a slab for every person that kicks 100? Yep. Okay. You're into me for three, so yeah, I, I reckon I'll be in front at the end of the year. You reckon four blokes? I reckon so when, multiple when you, hundred goal no, no. scorers this so year. So you said you'd be in front. You owe me three, so yes. it means four people are going to score over a hundred. Potentially, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have another ten slabs with you just on that bet. All right. Did you hear that, Shane? No, no, no. I'm not giving ten. You give me ten if four or more. No, no. If they don't score, then you give me ten. That's that's why it's called a bet. Ten slabs. Okay. Well, you bet more than that on the weekend. And for our listeners, we gamble responsibly. We gamble responsibly. And we drink responsibly, so I don't actually need ten slabs. But I think we're seeing more one-on-ones. I disagree with your comment. All right. And I and I think what happened. I saw the first half of the Richmond Swans game. There was more accountability that's requ- what was required of Richmond because of the way Sydney cut them open with that yeah. short pass on the angle. So they had to be accountable. They couldn't float back. They couldn't sit back and be a zone. And I reckon we're starting to see more of that. I think you'll see teams, you know, forward of 50, if there is more players in there forward 50, they will wait and wait and wait till they get a one-on-one situation. There might be a 15, 20 metre kick. That's what they want. They don't want to kick to an actual pack situation if they can help it. So I think we're going to see more one-on-one okay. situations. The so way we, the games play. So which out of the the three teams that are three and zip are exciting you the most? Um, Swans, Bullies, D's, or is it still too soon? Uh, the Swans, uh, for me, from what I've seen. Um, I'm a big fan of the Bulldogs. I like the way they do it. So, um, and I've been on the Melbourne train for a little while, maybe a little early, but. Swans have been the surprise for me. Bulldogs are probably... I'm not sure 3-zip is a surprise. 
when you look at the draw they've had. Collingwood first up, they're raging favourites. <coughs> West Coast in Melbourne's always a winnable game. And then, I mean, North Melbourne, the three of us could just about beat North Melbourne. So they're probably about where they thought they'd be. I, um, we saw this from the Swans late last year, this style. If you remember, they played Geelong over in Perth, I think. And Geelong just got over with Paddy Dangerfield going forward and kicking four in the last quarter of it. Remember that game? No, I don't. You oh, so you, you, this is not a surprise to you? I think that was at the Gabba. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, certainly, yeah. obviously it wasn't here, but mm. it was a really good game. The Swans ran them off their feet. Only Paddy turned it around from. So, Hey, um, just while you're talking about the Swans, I think they're about... I'll have to just go to my research later, but they're about $2.20 still to make the eight for Swans. That'd be a fair bet, what? I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, people, the, the, the markets are saying that they're going to fall in a hole. But well, there's a sure bet. Well, there's only, there was a stat, there was only a certain, certain eight teams who started the season three and zip who don't actually make the eight. So there have been teams who haven't made the eight over, three and zip. Over, I think, since the AFL came into play. I think, or yeah. since 2010 it might have been. I, I, but but there's still a few. There's still oh, a sorry, few. 240 for the top four, a dollar sixty for the top eight. Hmm. Right. Uh, put that in a multi, mate, 60%. <clears throat> Take 60%, would you, at the moment? Absolutely. And what about the... Oh, I still think it's way too early. I mean, um, I think Swans at 3-0. and zero, They played Adelaide. You'd probably expect them to win that game. Who, who'd they beat in the first round? Swans, yeah. Brisbane and Brisbane. So that that's a... That oh, yeah, and I guess, <clears throat> really on paper, you wouldn't have thought that they'd beat us in Melbourne at the start of the year. So, no. Yeah, so, no. okay. No, so they're, they're tracking well ahead of where no. they need to be. And the Demons are doing what they... I think they're, um, they're not playing like super great footy, but they're doing what they need to do. So yeah. clock up the wins. That's Chocos, what you've got to do. Chocos, Chocos, yeah. there, mate. No doubt about that. Yeah, no, that's what about the next these, topic, mate. What about, what about uh, the, the stories of the weekend? What stories? stories. Well, Which stories? Your mob. Richmond. And what in the story being? Well, have you ever seen a more blatant act of complacency in in many times? I, I can't recall it. Probably. They've turned up there, disinterested, buddies withdrawn during the week, and they've played like two Bob, what did Bobby Davis used to call them? Two Bob Millionaires. Two, two Bob Millionaires. They've, they walked out, I think, four goals in a half Richmond, and some worrying signs, I would have thought. Okay. Oh, you think I'm joking? Hey, no, you no, think no, I'm just, joking? Just, just, that that was as 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 obvious an example of a team just turning up thinking it's going to happen. So, do them. you think that's a worse loss than Port Adelaide's against um, West Coast? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, because Port Adelaide <laughs> went over there. Well, hang on, let me finish. I'm chuckling. You can keep finishing. I'm just laughing while you're talking. Port Adelaide went over there playing West Coast, who were up and about, coming off a loss in Melbourne. So, you know. Port to win that game, not win that game. You'd like Port Adelaide to win it, but you'd expect West Coast to. Richmond, How much did you put on it again? No, I didn't. And you doubled Richmond, down, didn't you? Richmond, turning up there, kicking, I think, one goal in the first quarter, and then only four at half. And it didn't get much better for them. So what, what I didn't like about Richmond was they put the queue in the rack and didn't seem to work too hard after half time to limit the damage. That's what well, I saw. Well, they'd had a better second half than what they had first half. Well... The scoreline didn't suggest there was much of a change. No, there wasn't Between. because they neutralised the Swans in a sense. So you Swans mean, were forty points ahead. Is not enough when you're Richmond. You should no, be no. trying to come back and win no. the game. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I, oh, I think you're underselling Sydney. The, the, the bigger that, worry. Maybe they did, mate. But they have beaten Brisbane. The bigger worry for Richmond is that round one up what? in Brisbane. Yeah, true. Knocked them off. 
bigger worry for Richmond is they look like they're prepared to play an injured Cochin off a short in a short week. So if he plays on Friday night, that would be a real worry. Well, what, what who says he's injured? Well, he was icing his hamstrings and was reported as being injured on was reported Saturday night. As being precautionary. Precautionary icing your hamstrings. Well, they had ice on his hamstring. Mm, that yeah. would be a worry. Mm. Given okay. his soft tissue injury record, I would have thought. Like with poor performances of every team, it's the response that's going to be the, the big indicator where they're at. That, and, I reckon you said this. And it's going to be a great game, Port Adelaide, because they need to respond because they were horrible against yeah. the West Coast. Um, Richmond were poor against the Swans. I'm not sure if they were horrible um, from what I saw. Um, there's other teams, finalists like St Kilda, they are horrible. What is going on down there? I, that's a game I didn't see a lot on, so I can't comment. They're really. putrid. Were they? Oh, they've gone back 10 years. St Kilda? They are shocking. In round three? I'm telling you, they are shocking. It's come off the long run, the, te- uh, the, um, the Shane out. But, um, Shane, they won in round one, didn't they? They oh. beat GWS. Oh. Away. Rest my case. They're, yeah, sh- they're no good. They were no, really disappointing. They were horrible, Fixed. mate. They've been horrible for the last fortnight. Right. They're okay. pretenders. Right. Well, geez, you haven't missed them. Well, mate, I'd like them for the finals again this year. I reckon they take the next step, but from what I've seen, they'll be they'll be bottom four. I, I, they need to change. There's something needs to change here. I don't know what's going on. But North North Melbourne. Honestly, this is becoming beyond a joke. North Melbourne. You know what happened on the weekend? First time in the history, there'll be some memorabilia coming on for the <laughs> AFLW <laughs> Me Too consenting movement that we have. First time ever in the history of our competition. The women's team are going to replace the men's team? Women's team kicked more than the men's team. Kicked oh, a higher score on the same. Never happened before, Shane. This is history <laughs> in the making. On Saturday. And now they play four 15-minute quarters. They kicked more than... They are so irrelevant, North Melbourne, now, that they gave up all uh, rights to have a prime time. So they should go... Well, they do now with Mark Evans. They should go where they're put, and preferably that's not even broadcast. But made it even more embarrassing they're, I'm guessing it was around about the 10-minute mark of the second quarter. They've kicked the goal, gone back to the middle, put it five points, margin, review, oh, goes back, hit the post, back to 10 points, and then from then on, that was it, doggies for the next two and a bit quarters. Yep. And they've won by 100 and what? 30-odd. They've got a a percentage of 30-something. Yeah. Well, I know you you tend to get a bit carried away percentages early in the season. Um, Text, but anyway. Yeah, last year, yeah. Bulldogs are 185.4 after round three, mate. If it went ever, up 61% just because of that win on the if weekend. If ever there is, it should be taken out of their hands, North Melbourne. They should just they should just come just, in there with a truck. The grace removal should pick them up and put them down so in do Hobart. So you think teams should have a buy or play North Melbourne? Oh, why would you what, watch them? Why would it be? I think they should play. Can't have a buy. No, no, listen, just on, on those guys. Uh, and it came up because some idiot journalist, and I forget which one it was at the age, is spruiking for Brad Scott to come back as a senior coach. That prick is oh. has absolutely got off, dare I say it, scot-free for what he left um, a complete mess down there. He's gone from telling the board, oh, we need to rebuild, and then he was booted halfway through the season, when he signed up all those um, um, and Peach. got rid of all the other blokes um, earlier. That guy has, has got off scot- fair income. Those those guys have got photos, both those Scott brothers. If Chris is six um, acres, they've done something you, you Brad then? How many hey? acres for Brad? What's if Chris that? is six acres, what's Brad? How many acres? Well, he does, he, he's not selling real estate to Richmond. Richmond don't have any real estate in his head. He coached um, them to a preliminary final. Hey? Well, Brad's whoopie-doo. Okay? 
Um, it's not a bad effort. Yeah, okay, mate. All right. Um, we need to move on to a Turtle TV special. Uh, mate, you've... you've um, yes, I know. I know, mate. But we've got to keep moving. We've got okay. to keep moving, mate. Righto. Um, I, I, did, I know you want to talk about the big Texan um, because he's kicked, what, mate, 17 goals in, in three weeks. Just think, There's only one bloke who's come back greater than him, and that's um, one of our favourite tweeters, the Flynn. The fibrillator has worked, mate. It's brought that big boy back to life. Uh, and I'm not talking about Tex. Um, he reckons Matthew Nix is coming of the year um, it's just ridiculous he's, he's tweeting regularly again mate it's good to see there's a pulse there there's a club to Shane's point earlier who the last half a dozen games last year got better and you know they're on the right track Adelaide mm-hmm. as, yeah. are, as are Sydney clearly as are Melbourne perhaps not GWS or the Kangaroos but definitely not good to see full forwards kicking goals or the, the, the it's full forwards coming. it's fantastic the new Harry big Harry Mackay he'll be one of the, he'll be one of the four seven, five, this seven year. goals really? five yeah, okay. tell me the other three later but um, it was and, and like it seems so long ago but um, it really was nice with Zach Bailey jagging that goal after the siren um, and that was one of the bigger choke jobs of of recent memory actually um, so in fact I would suggest to you that's a team that was very complacent around this position with the last 10 minutes to go with some of the, the footage that's been aired on some of those footy shows mm-hmm. over the Oscar last couple Elliot. of days. We, we might to take that up with the coach in his section, though, eh? Ooh. Sure. Mm. Stay tuned. Well, again, back by popular demand, Turtle TV is just about to get its own media, maybe its own channel on live stream TV. Turtle, what have you observed this week? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm just shattered because I think we're already winding down. Maths has been very good to me with the amount of commentary. I might have even retweeted a couple of things around uh, some of the activity going on down there. Oh, Bryce. And, um, you love Bryce. There is so much going on. Did you see last week the retreat? They, they all went away together on holidays. You, I know you did, Shane, because you've been responding to me privately about what you've been, you've been seeing. But... Um, that bloke, so in, in real life, he's a radio announcer apparently in, <laughs> in quiet old Canberra. And he's using this whole, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced he's using this whole um, saga as an opportunity to lift his profile. But he's a dead set knob. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, he's a fuckwit. Um, <laughs> hey, he's a we don't use that sort of language on this show. No, no, no. It's the only way to actually describe the bloke. And... Um, he's certainly a polarising figure um, and he could well be in the votes again um, this week in the, on the Maths Brownlow because that's certainly got some um, some question marks. I'll tell you who I've taken a dislike to. Who's that? Alana. Really? Oh. Why, why, why so, my friend? Well, she speaks like this and she's a piece of work. For the five minutes that I give that show it's some attention in a week. She's uh, thrown uh, Jason, is it? I shame I don't under know. the bus, twice. You're not happy. Don't like what I see. Mm. No, I actually put her in the votes this week. I quite, I quite like her. Okay. Um, I, I, I think um, what's interesting around um, the way in which they um, a few of the, the females are reacting to Bryce, uh, which is very much around how females potentially are being treated poorly in in, in relationships, right? And and the whole uh, messaging around that, but. It, that Bryce, the way he's preying on his his partner's um, insecurities. Uh, now she's starting to get a voice. I don't know if you saw last night's um, commitment ceremony, uh, but at the end they've actually said tick tick. We're we're going on to the final vows, which is unbelievable. But apparently 
and I can't believe we're recording right while I've had the IQ tonight's episode. So stay tuned for next week's um, Turtle TV because I'll, I'll give you a wrap up on on what's happened. There. If I can ask you both, who's gonna who's who's gonna win the thing? Like who's gonna be the standout couple? There's no winner, mate. Well, if there was one, who's the who's the gun couple? Well, I think it's Johnny and Kerry at the moment. Um, smooth sailing. Oh, yeah. What about the other guy that's that's turned, jumped back over the fence, back the other side of the fence, and is with Georgia? Georgia, yeah. Oh, Liam. Liam, name. yeah. I don't know their real name, but I, in, in our house, I refer to them as Uncle Joe and Frigid well, I think Frida. that's his stage name. No, no, that's, um, that's Patrick and, oh, and Belinda. Belinda. They'll go okay, I think. Do you? I do. Okay. Um, I think that... Well, it's Daughter all progressing nicely. sales and a fitness uh, instructor. Anyway, let me, let me give you the votes because I think um, um, Rebecca, the one who's going out with the ex-Carlton player, um, she's, was, she's a piece of work. And she, oh, she's mate. a shocker. And, and How then many minutes of which been about fame? Um, nowhere near enough, mate. But, um, 15 minutes so of I gave her the three votes, mate, because she, she was out there getting a lot of hardball gets during the course of the week. I actually liked Alana, mate. I think she was very vulnerable. Um, throughout um, um, the last week and like, week or so, is, Rebecca is a mo 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 mol. She's a shocker, there, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, hello. That's, I can't that's, believe you can't use that. You folks are so into it. Well, you just dropped the big bomb before. No, no, no. But I, I wasn't. Mo, uh, mo, I mean, mm, yeah, she, she's um, a piece of work. Um, I, I'm not too sure what's going on there. But Brett, um, who's the um, the hipster doofus with the oh. mustache and uh, made a comeback with um, my name is um, Booker. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I thought he deserved votes, but I was shattered that their, their thing just was Kaputsky. Who's got the moustache? Um, Brett. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, as, I, as I wandered past the TV last night, they, they didn't like each other, but he got the pyjama pants off last week on the retreat. Yeah. I did. Mm. And one last mm. crack, and yeah. then said, see you later. Good afternoon, now, nigger. Au <laughs> revoir. <laughs> and just in the final wrap-up, uh, another special mention, uh, mention for Alessandra, uh, <laughs> who's the psychologist. She's doing a great job, mate. Just got bringing, um, I think she, she wanted to congratulate so a couple, and it's so American, she goes, I'll give props to them. I'll so have you had sex? Yeah. <laughs> All she wants to know is whether they're actually having a bit of revelry and merriment. When it's, when it's over, I'm just, I'm just not sure what I'm going to be able to, um, to talk about. So, oh, anyway. Like the bloke. Who's the other bloke on there? The other judge? Man. John. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, no, I quite like the cut of his jib. Yeah? yeah. No, he's no, no, he's a shocker. He's, no, he's, 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 okay. he's a, <laughs> a dickhead. The expert's no expert. <laughs> yeah. But now, we, we set some homework a few weeks ago uh, and we said that we were going to give um, a, a, a big look at Making Their Mark, um, the Amazon documentary where MTM. they had various, um, various players and executives and coaches from the different footy clubs being followed um, by... The Amazon Cruise, yes, and they've turned it into a, a seven-part series. You know what I found interesting is that this is an exclusive, I reckon, because I don't think anyone has done a, a proper debrief. Dwayne Russell might have done a little bit of it on SEN because a lot of the media commentators were talking because it was released just before the start of round one. Yep, and there was a bit of hoo-ha about it, and I haven't really heard too many reviews about the whole series. So we thought, hey, what better way than um, focusing it? And giving it a bit of attention on Turtle TV. <laughs> How much time can we give it? Because we could be here for an hour talking about this show. Well, well as long as we need, Shane, I think. A, a couple of key themes, Shane, that we just wanted to cover off on. So, okay. 
Who stole the show from your perspective? You find, I mean, you you binged on the weekend and finished watching it on the weekend. In your mind, who who stole the show? Who who was a bit of a stole the show? Yeah, um, from your perspective. I'm not sure how to classify that because I, I, the targets on one coach that I've had a poor opinion of, or probably a strong opinion of, um, and he confirmed that watching the the series, mm-hmm. and that's Leon Cameron. Um, and I know, Tex, you may disagree with what I'm about to say, but um, I might hold that because he was probably the key one. Um, so he stole the show. He was your standout, was he? Yeah, in the way he treats and communicates with his group, absolutely. Tex? Um, Rory Sloan. Okay. Star. Yeah. On and off the field. Well, yeah. I know we are going to talk about each of the... Um, the people who got, who got but he was my yeah, highlight yeah, in answer okay. to the question the question that I was given was who stole the show yep. answer Rory Sloan yeah. well, you can now, stole yes. in, in different ways should be the star I've said this before Shane I, right. I know why Lee Matthews used to be angry when I used to run across to the rooms and ask for an autograph <laughs> Turtle who stole the show oh text do you need to ask uh, Peggy and Betty um, um 3-2-1 with Dimmer, since we're in the theme of voting. Uh, look, clearly things went went well. They won the flag, so um, as a Richmond supporter, they got a lot of focus, but could you not love that bloke? Just the balance of the way he runs that football club. Who? Um, Brennan Gale. Brennan Gale. Just, just, just magnificent. So we're in good hands, and, and the AFL will be in good hands when he takes over from Gill, mate. Um, common sense has played the game. Uh, fine balance of commercial acumen, uh, understands the people. Um, um, I, I did like the way he responded to some board pressure. I think it was Malcolm Speed giving him a touch-up a couple of times during the season mm. around questioning whether on the right track, and he was very good. Thing mm. And just the way they zeroed in on him during the grand final, um, we actually don't see a whole lot of emotion. Uh, where he was sitting in the, in, the, in the seats with his mates, and then when he goes over, and goes, we need one more. Um, and mm. then and then they score the yep. goal and, and there's that pure release of the emotion and then when they cross to him actually ringing Peggy um, right at that point where the siren's gone and the exaltation of, of the win he's, he's almost like he's he sure couldn't breathe well, it's a glimpse sure. of how much pressure there is on the league and everyone involved <laughs> I mean we know that players because they're ex- exposed every minute of the, of the week basically um, but when you see um, Benny Gale in that moment and and I thought he he handled things very very well throughout the season. Yeah. And you know, Malcolm Speed, you know, putting pressure on him. I think he mentioned something about two million dollars were going to be out of pocket here. What do we do? He's had to cut people. He's made that call or a I think reasonable a, question for a board member to ask. Yeah, I know, but I'm just an example of the pressure that was applied not only to the Richmond Football Club but every other club in the league. And and to actually get to that point uh, with lots of challenges for the club throughout the year, uh, off field, on field. Uh, adjusting just like every other club, you know, and get to where they went. Down at half time, uh, so, and he made a comment to Damien just after the yeah, game. Yeah. He was just an absolute champion at half time, yeah. the way he spoke. And he bloody was. He, was. he spoke fantastic right through the whole show, but it just, it, it takes you into Benny's world about what he takes in and what he has to deal with. And I, I thought he did a fantastic job. Well, I was surprised that Peggy didn't make the trip to Queensland, particularly towards the pointy end of the season when they were playing finals. Oh, I thought that was... 
every was there a restriction of numbers was there a restriction of numbers who could go though like in in the hub areas so which which actual um, presidents were were up there well Eddie Maguire the only one on the on the guise of um, doing who wants to be a millionaire in Queensland and I'm just saying why would she not have gone up there well no one else went up there okay yeah I think there's other than the, the home based. Um, God, I'm not sure if Colin Carter, who's the Geelong president, was up there. Well, um, so he's not now. I don't know if he was up there or not. Um, but I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know why you'd say that's weak. Actually, I think part of the, the thing was is that they, they let the people who run the business run the business. I mean, she's a board member, so she's not an, an executive of the club. Hmm. Hey, I tell you, what about changed... the change of perception? Yeah, yeah, I didn't like Adam Simpson. I, I wasn't a fan of how um, at the start of the year when they had that horrible yeah. start, he was always the victim, it appeared, and he spoke a lot about that, and I think that rubbed off on his players. And then I thought, I was hoping during the course of um, the latter episodes that he would have got better, but he was disappointing, and I probably didn't live up to my expectation of him as a coach and a bloke. Which I, I sounds thought a bit that, harsh. But yeah, they, I thought West Coast didn't come off that great out of it. Out of all of that, um, so he he said I, I, and I definitely Canelio like I like Steve Canelio. I actually felt sorry for him. I, I thought he just tried too hard um, when he first got appointed. Um, when he'd get up, and it was almost it was amateurish some parts of, of what they did as a as a club overall. Um, what about his stone, his glass, and his was it timber? Was it timber? The glass oh, and the steel, awesome. like. What the hell was he doing there? He's just not a leader, but, that bloke. But with leaders, though, you've got to give them, guide them and advise them and, and hold their hands a little bit and give them some examples. Like, you saw nothing from Leon to actually help that kid. Square peg, round hole. Mate, I'm telling you. If he's I'd... got some qualities, then you need to bring them out a bit. And he didn't speak like he was comfortable speaking in front of the guys. S- some people... He's new at it, mate. Yeah, but some people, I think, are born leaders and some people can be made to become leaders. I don't think he's either. Well, they made a decision on him because of what they've seen from him. So... I think the contract had a bit to do with that, Shane, when they re-signed him for seven years or whatever. And and the CEO was big on Cornelio. Um, but uh, <clears throat> it, it, it... And it looks like just watching a little bit of him having watched the documentary in the early part, of it seems like it's just carried over into this season. Hmm. I, I feel sorry for him. And he got yeah. dropped for one week. I mean, yeah. what was the point of that? Dropped for a week. Presumably, I don't know if he played any footy in the week he was out, but I don't know what was to be gained out of dropping the captain for one week other than to send a message maybe to the club, which clearly didn't work because I think the week he got dropped, they lost anyway. So, mm, not well, sure. Again, how Leon handled that was appalling too for that kid. Leon's become... What Mr. Six Acres is the turtle for you. you Absolutely. Guys, you guys go hard after some people, don't you? Not good. You should not be coaching. What did you want most? Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed too. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit under Leon. I thought his communication was poor. There's no uh, direction with his communication. Uh, when you, you have a listen to uh, Matty Nix, Stewie Jew, loved him. Damien Harvey. Stewie Jew. Mate, I'm telling you, he has the players yeah. and he's, he's with them. Yeah. All right? That yeah. might be the case, Shane, but that's not going to get them to make the eight under him. No, they will. Did you hear, uh, just as an aside to that will, theme, uh, Troy? They'll make the, it before Collingwood does. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think what's interesting about Sorry, that General. is no, it's okay because um, they someone spoke to well, they got a grab out of an interview with Trelaw and and what he loves about um, the new coach mm-hmm. and the, the balance between the people and the relationship side versus his football. So I don't know if you heard any of no. heard any of that. And it was just interesting because I, I that that thing that he did the Mount Everest challenge with oh, Rowell and Rally and, 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 and I just sure. thought. And and then even his blow up when in the game that they played against Carlton in the Northern Territory and he came in, um, and I thought he had the players there and it wasn't like and and it was all of them he wasn't like he so he had a crack whereas yeah whereas Cameron um, was very which I found was huge difference I actually thought that was one of the best things about the whole series was getting into that inner sanctum uh, and seeing that and then also the like Carlton how amateurish. With their the the bets exit interviews and just the way they they ran all of that, I just thought they were. No. Well, that was a bit false. The bets interview because they talked it up as if they'd already obviously made up their mind that he was going to get another year. Hmm. Um, I didn't like the way they did that, but I'm not a fan of David Teague no, either. No. And, Look, and again, he didn't do anything in that documentary to make me think he was anything better. It wasn't than on Teague. It was on Eddie. We saw Eddie yeah. more than David Teague. Yeah, and it wasn't on Cameron. It was on Cornelio, but because of the the coach um, captain relationship, I think that I just got saw a lot. Leon, sorry mate. But... No, no, I know, I know. You, you saw a lot of red actually, but um, but well, yeah. how good was some of the the stuff in the coaches' boxes? Like I, I reckon, just seeing listing the way, they, and obviously they've edited a fair bit of that, but to mm. see that sort of stuff, I think for genuine footy heads, that's what I found really, really interesting. Um, was a fair bit more pressure on the coaches. Obviously, they had to adjust in that year without. A lot of support around them. I mean, they were quite lonely places as coaches compared to what I would remember them as. They used to be full boxes and maybe no one ever said anything, but they certainly had to work it out. I reckon the better coaches come to the fore last year and the weaker ones got a bit exposed. And just think about that, like, you know, half-time, a grand final, Richmond down by 15 points. They hadn't just kicked that last <clears> goal. Dusty kicked it. Pressure's on. They're not playing well. Uh, Geelong had control. And to have a camera there, spat in your face while he's addressing the players, and to allow that, he's unbelievably well, awesome. I, like, I tell you, because yeah. if I was coaching, I would have said, "F off, no cameras in here. I need the boys. I need to focus on anything." But there was one no, time there they he, got the cameras out of her. Oh, that was Leon. Leon Cameron, Cameron. got the cameras out of the room. Well, you just said you'd do it. I like the fact that Mister Six Acres went into the Richmond box. Before the siren in the grand final, to congratulate Dan Hull. Yeah, that was very noble. I thought it was good too. Yeah, no, it's good for his his reputation, mate. Just to um, just well, worry about the brand, mate. Just real quick, if you have to use a one liner or one word to describe each of the main characters, Tex Nat Nui, uh, very committed to his faith. That's what I took out of that. Yeah, um, I think he's a super leader and so relaxed. I think he has a big influence on the group. Sleeps on the floor, mate. That's what um, stood out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Bets? Uh, confused and puts way too much pressure on himself. Overthinks everything. Just loves his kids, loves his family. Yeah. That's it. He's it, ready to go. Just w- how important confidence is. Like, he, he was just a shell of himself by the end of the... He's played 330-odd games. I know, it's just amazing how fragile <coughs> some of these guys are. He starts doubting himself. Yeah. yeah. Stewie Jew? Um, Star. Oh, just too much one of the boys. That's really? A, yeah, it hasn't made the transition from player to coach, in my view. Okay. Good people person, I thought. Absolutely. He stood out. Yeah. Um, Steve Canelio? I feel for him, but just square peg, round hole. 
uh, I feel for him. Uh, that needs a lot of support. Yeah. He's not getting any. I reckon he tried too hard and just a lack of support from what came across. Yeah. Peggy, Benny and Dimmer? Um, yeah, Peggy, a little bit selfish. Benny, fantastic. And Dimmer, things probably went his way, but very impressed as a coach and his communication. Excellent. Super impressive. Yeah, Dimmer, star, excellent. Loved the way he communicated to his boys in all things. Um, and I, I loved... He had this saying, and it was, um, what's in the way becomes the way. Yeah, did you hear the bloke say that during the game? When, um, when there was the, the injuries around all the players? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So I thought he was great. Uh, Benny, I said before, superstar. Um, and Peggy, I didn't see a lot of her. Didn't think she had much of an impact on the show for me. No. Doesn't get any better, mate, as a threesome. Magnificent. And what about Rory Sloan? Outstanding human being and... As a father of daughters, you just hope that your daughter ends up, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, with someone like him. Yeah. What a great person. Yeah, he's a class, he's great leader. And um, just just gives a fuck about their club. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that came through big time. And yeah. just his values. Like, yeah. just, just a quality. you run out of the ground. Here we go, boys. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> just love it. Things you just don't hear. Well, so, I him at a dinner party, that bloke. Yeah. No. So, if you gave the series out, out of ten, what would you give it? Uh, eight or nine? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, probably about eight. Yeah. I fell asleep nearly on the first one, so but that was just sitting. Well, you hung in there, mate, because you knew the last Suffer Richard supporters. Well, you just go to the last thirty minutes. Thirty four minutes. <laughs> Disappointing ending, but not, not no, no. I said this to you off there. Disappointing yeah. ending. I don't think they covered. They wallpapered over some of the cracks oh. that that club had. And hey, history judges, they won a flag, so good luck to them. But there's one bloke at that club who wields way too much influence disproportionately involved four of them Trent Cotchin Brooke Cotchin and the Cotchin kids way too much involvement in that footy club but that's my opinion and I'm entitled to it that's right save it for the tirade text, uh, well I thought cool. it was a great finish to the, uh, the series if we're going to call it a series seven episodes uh, I don't think we could. they could have actually um, hoped for a better finish because of the way we had to focus on one, one of the clubs that finishes off winning the flag so I think it's great I think that could I be the it. longest turtle TV segment that we're ever going to have. And in the famous words of Darren Hinch, I'm the turtle and you're not. <laughs> Morwood, a chance here for Collingwood. Shane Morwood puts it back. Oh, magnificent goal by Morwood. Now, Shane, turtle, boys, you were, I think, is that demonstrative? Tex is demonstrative. Yeah. They're looking in my stinky eel eye or whatever the hell. Tell me you'll cop it in a minute, I tell you. Um, it's a simple task. It was. I mean, just look, while Texas is on leave for two weeks, all you had to do was look at both Teague's and Buckley's games. Two do games you, each. Do not listen. And one of them was against each other. Correct. Did you watch Collingwood and Carlton? You not listen, do you? Did you watch Collingwood and Carlton? I told you before, no. No, I didn't. Ah, I was coaching. You were coaching? Yeah. I was coaching okay. that night. So instead, we've, we've dropped on you at you just 30, 35 45 seconds. seconds on <laughs> four listeners. Oh, they're hanging on every word. Oh, Shane, when you were talking about game plan before, mate, when you chewed up a third of our first segment about oh, game sorry. plan, forward half turnovers, sorry. And contests and predictions around 
the score levels and whatever else. Um, Turtle. Can you tell Get us? Get to the point. The rules. When you're a coach, and I'm being put up by my dog barking in the background, but he's about to enter the studio. He can smell Texas dim sims. I've given um, him three dim sims, Tiger. <laughs> he wants them still, more. He's, that's only a third of my Texas choice. Texas ain't them. Ain't <laughs> them. Is that like eating them? He said eight of them. He said I've had eight of them. Eight, eight of them. Turtle, come on. Eight, eight, 56. So when the, they what changed the rules There's in the past in the AFL when you were coaching at Dingley and the rules then flowed down to uh, local leagues, how much of a difference did it make to changing game plans for you? Like, I mean, and also... Like, there's been a lot of talk about how teams have changed their game plans as a result of the stand rule, the, the extra time to kick out, um, the real effects perhaps of the 75, the reduction of 75 interchanges. What real impacts do you think that's having in terms of how coaches are coaching? From a local level? Um... Well, I mean, I guess I'm thinking around, because you've coached at local level for a lot of years, how did it impact there, because I'm assuming in different ways it obviously impacts the AFL coaches. Um, you know, they're banging on about um, the impact Don Pike has had on John um, John Longwise and Sydney's game plan, when in effect they'd started doing some of that last year, mm. and Don Pike doesn't have a plan B. Um, and all of a sudden he's, he's a coaching guru, and Kane Gorns is talking him up to take over from... Um, Leon Cameron now um, because he's he's, oh, he's had no. three weeks in Sydney. No, um, <clears throat> that that shouldn't happen. He's just just a better probably assistant coach because he doesn't have the pressure as a senior coach. Well. Have a back to your original question. Um, so no, in the ESFNL they've actually um, introduced the stand rule. However, um, Tiger doesn't agree. Uh, it's a twenty-five meter penalty, not a fifty, because yep. the grounds are considerably smaller, obviously than AFL grounds. Um, so it will have effect on, and I think what we saw yesterday in the Hawthorne-Geelong game is some coaches will just set back off the off that um, free-kick stop-play situation and just flood back. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that a lot yesterday, which which made for not a really entertaining type And Thursday night was a bit um, of that too with Fagan. Yeah, and which made, it's a bit like, you know, who started all this defensive zone back in... 1999 was Terry Wallace against Essendon when Essendon hadn't lost a game all year. He did that at the MCG, and that's created this defensive zone mindset. So I think we've still seen a bit of that. I think some clubs are actually not doing that and would rather then try and get that turnover in the middle of the ground, for example, and go forward when you've got a one-on-one situation with your key forwards. And I think, you know, I haven't studied the Adelaide games and Tex as an example. Like, I would never have thought he'd kick 17 goals, I think it is, in three games. Like, wow. Um, but he's getting more one-on-one situations and the ball's coming a lot quicker. So I think we're still, like we are talking about before, it's round three, who's going to finish where, who's going to be the stronger team, who's the better coach. I think we're not going to see that really, I suppose, flow out into actually um, set structures, probably for about round six or eight. I think we'll see a, a bit of a format created by the coaches. You might be able to tell me if I'm on the wrong train or not. The stats say there's never been more marks inside 50 as there has been in these three rounds for many years. Does that mean that this year we're going to see the importance of big, strong, tall forwards, whether they're on the lead or whether they're one out? Because the ball's getting into 50s more often. 
more quickly? Does that mean that clubs with bigger, taller, power forwards are going to be more dominant than those that don't have them? If, one, they can cause a turnover back half forward of uh, or the middle of the ground going forward, yes, and get in quickly, we'll see more of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've got to see whether they're contested versus uncontested as well, I would have thought, because yeah. um, a lot of those are on turnover, as Shane's saying, and, and they can be... Like, again, on Saturday... Um, a lot of it was the mid-sized forwards from the Swans. It wasn't like their their big key forwards who were taking marks. It was Heaney's and Papley's and Wicks, uh, particularly were spotted up um, with um, um, where they broke through the zone pretty because quickly. Because they, they know Richmond's strength, the, their back half, their back six, work for each other. They're happy to leave their man, so they don't want to go in longer. So that's why they looked for that 20, 30-metre kick about that. Uh, arc about 34 metres out from, from goal. So multiple choice question, if I can. Have these rules had a greatest impact on A, the forwards, B, the mids, or C, the defenders? I think we're seeing it as, as the forwards at the moment, probably the greatest impact. They get more opportunities to be a, a one-on-one situation versus a three-on-three. So by default, they would also have a similar impact on defenders, particularly guys who haven't been... Um, traditional one-on-one. So I think the key forward type guys are okay, but I think those running halfback flankers are the ones who you'll find out whether they actually have good um, competitive um, skills as well. Just one to finish off with, mate. So would a coaching panel be sitting down back in November saying, right, these rules are going to change. Here's what we think. This is what we're going to do differently in our game plan or... Um, like you said earlier, there might be some of that and then it just evolves as they start doing mass simulation and match practice and then you get into yep. um, country cup or whatever it's called. Yeah, <clears throat> all of that. They would trial it out, experiment throughout the pre-season. And then, as I said before, I think you'll start to see that change and evolve based on six games, eight games, what clubs are doing. And I think, you know, will, for example, at the Swans, will they do exactly the same this week against Essendon as they did to Richmond on the Saturday? I think there'll be an adjustment. They'll try and keep the, 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 what I would refer to as their base structure in place and any changes based on what Essendon do, then they'll make those changes. Yeah, it's a smaller ground too. Yeah. I reckon we would have gone better on a smaller ground against them just quietly, but anyway. Potentially, yes, correct. Tex Walker, Harry Mackay, Ben King, Josh Kennedy. I would have thought they're all way above six foot. All kicked on average three or more for the season. I don't know how tall Josh Bruce is. Josh Bruce, six foot six. They, the big forward is back, Shane. Yes. Now, Josh Bruce couldn't even mark the ball last year. Uh, kicked 10 goals. That's how bad North Melbourne are going against North Melbourne. He's not right. a 10 goal. Yeah, thank God we've got the coach, mate. Incisive dissection. Riveting. Of the <laughs> Hashtag. No, truly. No, honestly, I love it. Because oh. you look at it through a different lens. I hope you lens. respond that way when he does his yeah, Demonstrative. Yeah. Thanks. I love it. Carry on. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Now, hang on to your hat. I'm just putting the tea down. I've got the driver in hand. And I'm going to tee off and hit multiple balls. Ready? <laughs> First of all, the rules and regulations of the AFL football are beyond a joke. You turn up to the footy now, 
and some entrances are open, you've got to park in a certain way, you're not allowed to go through a certain door. For goodness sake, if you're opening the venues to the public, let people go in through whatever door their ticket says they should go in through and let them be normal human beings to wander between the turnstile and their seats. That's point one. Point two, the over-officious people at the footy who put restrictions on the bar, like you've got to wear a collar to get into a certain bar at the MCG, and then when you walk in, you've got to grab your drink and get out of there. They're checking your tickets. They're making you stand in a certain direction. They're almost making it to a point where the experience of going to the football is not an enjoyable one. And if they're not careful, people will sit on their date on their couch at home and they won't be forking out their hard-earned cash to actually get to the footy. Which takes me to the other at-football experience. <coughs> the record. The AFL record at $5 a pop, which is nothing more than about 30 bits of paper with every single team, with every single team list, with every single information. It's a cost-cutting exercise and it is putrid. There's no value in the AFL record and they should be charged with theft for ripping people off $5 at a time. Hang on, Shane, I'm not finished. The next tee shot is the supporters. We should be privileged to go to this game. And the way that that Collingwood supporter carried on the other night, running down to the fence to abuse the umpires, whilst the umpires get blamed for a lot. They whilst did not, wearing tracksuit pants. They did not cost Collingwood that game. And that sort of behaviour is why some people, family people, won't take their kids to the football. So that sort of behaviour is abhorrent. And people like that should be banned for life by their club. It's okay to be frustrated, but when you run down and you verbally and physically threaten people and you become a risk to yourself and everyone around you, that is uncool. The cost of food and drink at the footy. Another reason, one, you forget <laughs> another reason why you don't go to the footy and have an enjoyable experience when you've got to drink flat beer out of a plastic cup and pay 9 or $10 and get a, a cold hot dog and no dim sims. No dim sims at the footy. No. Like Turtle, it, it is becoming a joke. An absolute joke. Exhibit A on the weekend of complacency, the Richmond Footy Club. I know you think I bang on about them. They've been a powerhouse. They didn't turn up on the weekend. They went there and they just thought it was going to happen. And I've said many a times, there's a bloke at that footy club who's going to become toxic, and that's the captain. He has way too much influence at that footy club, him, his wife and his kids. He's going to play injured this week, and if he wasn't wearing number nine and his name wasn't Trent Cotchin, he wouldn't be playing. There's rules at that club for Trent, and there's rules for everybody else. And finally, the North Melbourne Football Club. I know we banged on about them under their previous coach and how unsupported they were. They are embarrassing to watch. And it's all right for David Noble to come out and say, be patient, we're rebuilding. No, we're not, David, because people have a choice in life. If you don't get that club to be competitive and start kicking more points in a game of football that goes for 120 minutes than the AFLW club are going to kick in a game that goes for half the time, no one's going to turn up, no one's going to sponsor you, no one's going to join your coterie groups. You will become irrelevant and disappear up your own ass quicker than I can say Jiminy Cricket. So North are in trouble. Rant over. He's coaching for three games. Shane, 
they had the chance to get someone who knew the caper, and they chose again oh, to so get someone him. who was unproved. Well, him. he'd want to get a lot better real quickly. He's inherited a mess. I understand that. So Even more reason why you go to a... Who did you bag last year? Uh, I didn't... I didn't hierarchy. Yeah, so the right. same hierarchy have made a mistake again by not getting someone who's proven. No. Get someone who Shocker could be competitive. Lee Matthews be the same result. No, it wouldn't be. Absolutely. There's no way they Absolutely. would have coached a club to multiple defeats and a percentage of 37.3 after three rounds. You love your percentages. They're irrelevant, North Melbourne. But anyway... Well, they are at the moment. Absolutely. Mate, that, that diatribe at the start about um, getting into the footy before the regulations, that this is the bloke who said it was a seamless exercise when you went to the round one game. No issues, it was all fine. Correct. We, the, people weren't breathing all over Correct. you. Correct. I must have just had a good experience. What's changed since round one? Two things. When I walked out of the footy in round two, they wouldn't let me walk out through the inside wow. of the ground because they said we have zones. They wanted to push me out of gate six with the other 40,000 people that were out the front where I was grinding and dry-rooting everyone between the, the turnstile and the station. So we. So that was uncool. And then, uncool. And then, uncool. Um, going to Marvel on Detroit. Thursday night, you turn up, I park the car, and I head towards gate eight, and a couple of our foreigners there, who were the security guard, said, "Sorry, this oh. this entrance is not open tonight." But I said, "How come? Oh, we're just not opening gate eight, so I had to walk around to gate six. So gate eight was there, fully functional, and not being opened. They're just making it more problematic than it needs to be." If they're not careful, people won't turn up. I don't know what crowd numbers have been, but I did notice yesterday, couldn't understand why the top deck of the northern stand behind the goals had no one in it. I don't know what the crowd was yesterday, but there was no one allowed at the top deck. 50, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's a worry. I would have thought Easter Monday. What's well, the restricted numbers up there? <coughs> oh, dear. 75. <laughs> Get some of that. 75%. So they could have got 75,000 there yesterday, or thereabouts. If you reckon they didn't get 50, I reckon that's a worry. How many do they have at Richmond, Sydney? 45. Mm, that's, that's a good crowd. That's probably mate. okay for Easter Saturday. Easter Saturday, Saturday yeah, mate, true. For, for a non-Melbourne team. Although there was a few bloods there. Anyway, that's and the other thing is, point, don't... Right, the crowds <clears throat> will still turn up because they were starved about last year. Well... They'll just complain. Not if it's not seen to be value for money and it's more problematic than it needs to be. Well, you mate, the game's better than what, what it's ever been. You were saying earlier... Yeah. So isn't that what they come to see? Not whether they can queue yeah. up for a few extra seconds or whatever else. Those just talk with the Just don't buy anything. Those little things. And having seven having games that start too late on a Thursday night is not smart either. Tex, it's good to have the negativity back. It's holiday the next day. A shame it wasn't the week before. What you can do, Shane, what, what is clearly possible do my research. is if you dig hard enough, you can find a lot of negative shit to talk about and... That Texas not let us down again. We'll find some Texas oil. <laughs> Three. Now, our tweeters, mate, have um, made a roaring comeback over the last fortnight, uh, starting with Mr. Beanbag, as we said at the start of the episode, who's been absolutely magnificent, has, has penned his own version of our opening tune. So anyone who's a product of the 70s would know Warm Ride, which is our, our opening ditto, uh, or ditty. Um, and old uh, Mr Beanbag has, has completely reworded the song. So we're in a massive search for a vocalist <laughs> who can actually sing his version of the song. We might even get him on uh, to tell us what his inspiration for, for penning it, but as we said earlier, it was it's brilliant stuff. I reckon we do it. 
The okay. three of us practice and we actually do the rendition and record it. We won't do it justice, Shane. We seriously need anyone out there who knows yeah, anyone who can half that. sing. Oh, if you can do it. No, no. Bobby B from Heathmore. I need you guys as backups. Runs a, runs a band, mate. He could be uh, yeah. half a chance. Correct. He could be half a chance. That is incredibly clever for Mr. Beanbag. Um, you are a star. Uh, I'll tell you who can't, though. Dumb and Dumber. Um, which is Fatty Flynn and Kim Jong from Corio, mate. They, have they become uh, secret lovers? Mate? They they loving each other's tweets. Uh, they're going nuts, mate. Um, completely active again now that their their rubbish teams have, have started winning games. But boorish behaviour from the both of them, mate. So if you want to do get on and tweet with us, where do you go? At the coach and text. Oh my Finally, he's he, he, waiting for this it. This whole episode, text. Thanks, you've text. prompted it yourself. Um, but that was supposed to be the intro. But it is a bit of a somber mood and a heavy heart. Um, one of our one of our favourites, um, Johnny from the Sty, um, is is currently in hospital and not not very well. So we send our heartfelt wishes out to him, and uh, we honour this episode to him. We text. do. We uh, we salute you, John, from all of us in the pigsty. We hope that you face the next 24 hours uh, head on, as we know you will. All the best, mate, and to the family. Correct. On that note, we'll see you boys next week. Go the pies. <laughs>